0: Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. If you do have your Bibles, we're going to be reading uh, the next chapter, Chapter 7 in uh, the book of Acts, so you can get your Bibles out and get ready. This is uh, from Luke. He's, this is the continuation of his gospel, the, the book of Acts. It's, um, if you read, read those back to back, you can see clearly that this is just part two and, and the thing that uh, Luke wrote. Um, and so now we are in chapter seven. I'm just going to start by reading it I think faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and so we're just going to read it out loud, and then we're just going to talk about it and talk about this sermon that, that Stefan gives. And uh, so we're, we're going to take us all the way back to the Old Testament and walk us through the Old Testament story, um, because he's being accused of things. He's being accused of, uh, of, of heresy or, or, or blasphemy. Um, he's, he's being accused of going against the law of Moses and speaking out against the temple. Um and so uh we'll we'll get into that. But let's let's read verse one. The high priest said, Are these things so? Um it, just going back to to verse uh fifteen of six, remember it says, and fixing their gaze on him all were sitting in the council. Saw his face like the face of an angel. So here's Stephen, and he and he's just lit up, right? And he's just glowing. <laughs> that's that's how I I see it. Or uh, there was something heavenly about him. Um, and we know, about at the end of this chapter, that that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Um, so it's clearly there's an anointing on him. Um, so verse one, uh, the high priest said, "Are these things so?" And he said, hear me, brethren, this is Stephen, uh, Stephen. Uh, hear me, brethren and fathers, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he lived in Haran. And he said to him, leave your country and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. Then I left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran from there after his father died. God had him move to the country in which you are now living, but he gave him no inheritance in it, not even a foot of ground. And yet, even when he had no child, he promised that he would give it to him as a possession um, and to his descendants after him. But God spoke to the effect that his descendants would be aliens in a foreign land and that they would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. And whatever nation to which they will be in bondage, I myself will judge, said God. And after that, they will come out and serve me in this place. And he gave them the covenant of circumcision so that Abraham became the father of Isaac and the circumcision on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the 12 patriarchs. The patriarchs became jealous of Joseph and sold him into Egypt. Yet God was with him. And rescued him from all the afflictions and granted him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him the governor over all of Egypt, all of his household. Now a famine came over Egypt and Canaan and a great affliction with it, and the fathers could uh, could find no food. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our father there uh, the first time." (laughs) On the second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and Joseph's family was disclosed to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent the word to invite Jacob, his father, and his relatives to come to him, um, 75 persons in all. And Jacob went down to Egypt, and there uh, he and our fathers died. From there they were removed to Shechem and laid in the tomb which Abraham had purchased for a sum of money from the sons of Hamor and Shechem. But as the time of the promise was approaching, which God had assured to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt until there arose another king over Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. It was he who took shrewd advantage of our race and mistreated our fathers so that they would expose their infants um, and they would not survive." It was at this time that Moses was born. He was lovely in the sight of God and he was nurtured three months in his father's house. And after he had been sent <clears throat> after he had been set outside Pharaoh's daughter took him away and nurtured him and his own uh, as her own son Moses was educated in all the learning of Egypt and he was a man of power in words and deeds but when he was approaching the age of 40 it entered his mind to visit his brethren and the sons of Israel and when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended himself and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down an Egyptian. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. Uh, on the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting together, and he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, "Men, uh, you are brethren. Why are you injuring one another?" But one of the injured, but one of his injured. But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, Who made you rule and judge over us? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? At this remark, Moses fled and became an alien in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. After 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness on Mount Sinai in a flame of a burning throne bush. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he approached to look more closely, there came a voice of the Lord. I am the God of your father, I am the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with fear, and would not venture to look. But the Lord said to him, take off the sandals from your feet, for the place which you are standing is holy ground. I am certain I have certainly seen the oppression of my people, this is God talking still, uh, in Egypt and I have heard their groans and I have come down to rescue them. Come now and I will send you to Egypt. This Moses whom they disowned, saying, who made you ruler and judge, is the one who God sent to be both the ruler and the deliverer with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the throne bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in the, in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Uh, we'll come back to that. That's an important point in S- Stephen's sermon here. Um, this is, what, this is the one who is in the congregation in the wilderness together with the angels who is speaking to him on Mount Sinai and who was with our fathers and he received living oracles to pass on to you. Our fathers were unwilling to be obedient to him but repudiated him in their hearts and turned back to Egypt saying to Aaron, make for us, uh, who, or make for us gods who will go before us for this Moses who led us out into the land of Egypt, uh, we do not know what what happened to him. He was, he was up on the mountain. Um, at that time they made a calf and brought a sacrifice to the idol, and they were rejoicing in their works of their hands. But God turned away and delivered them up to serve the host of heavens, as it is written in the book of the prophets. It was not to me that you uh, offered victims and sacrifices. Forty years in the wilderness was it. O house of Israel, you also took along the tabernacle of Molech and the stars of the god Rumpfah and the images which you made to worship. I also will remove you beyond Babylon. Um, That's from Amos, just so we'll come back to that. Our father had the tabernacle of testimony in the wilderness just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern which he had seen. And having received it in their turn, our father brought it, it in with Joseph upon disposing the nations whom God drove out before our fathers until the time of David. David found favor in God's sight and asked that he might find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built the house for God. However, the Most High does not dwell in the house made by human hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Oh, what place is there for my repose? What is not my hand which made all things? Was it not my hand which made all things? You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit you are doing just as your fathers did which one of the prophets which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute they killed those who previously announced the coming of the righteous one who betrayers and murderers you have now become you who received the law as an uh, ordained by angels and yet you did not keep it now they heard this and they were cut To the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into the heavens, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up, and the Son of Man is standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and covered their ears, and rushed at him with one impulse. When they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witness lay aside their robes at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold their sins against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. So Stephen is the man. I mean, he, You have to have a lot of uh, courage and boldness to do what Stephen did. Uh, You remember that Jesus told them, don't worry about what you'll say when you get drugged before the courts because uh, the Holy Spirit will put the words in your mouth. I believe this is exactly what's happening with Stephen here. Obviously, he's shining like, like an angel and we see at the end that heaven was opened up and he actually saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, um, we could almost see that God was in this. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He he remembered details of of God's promise and God's story. He was able not only to um, this wasn't just a defense. Obviously he got brought to the council and this is supposed to be a defense or, or a court hearing, but he actually f- like flips the script and he actually in- not only shows them that he's innocent, but he accuses them. And, and, and because he accused them in a moment of fury and rage and impulse, it says, they rushed him and they quickly quickly uh, executed him. And uh, just so you know, culturally they um, they weren't allowed to do the death penalty. We know the story of Jesus. They had to bring Jesus before all the Roman officials and the Roman officials were the ones who carried out the execution. So it's clear that that the death penalty in this culture that they're living in is controlled by the Romans. So this is a quick execution that that's happening and um, they clearly are um they they're so it says they're cut quick right so they they were they were convicted so instead of responding rightly they 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 responded by murdering him um but i want to go back and i want to talk about why would he why would he take us through this whole sermon what what is the point he's before court he could just he could just comply he could listen to their accusations and give a defense. Um, he could just go to prison. Peter went to prison for doing the things that he did, and, and God released him from prison. And, and so he knows that God can do these things. But clearly the Lord came upon him, but he still had to step out in and courage and, and do this because it was clear that he, they, he was being accused of, of uh, going against the, the law of Moses and he was being accused against uh being in the temple and, and and so he talks about this old testament story he talks about the land because the land is like what the israelites are proud of it's it's one of their their, their the, the back then they believed that this is our land this is who we are and they 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 found their strength in being able to say god gave us this land this is the promised land this is this is where we live this is where god has put us and there was like pride in that and he takes them through the story where like Abraham it wasn't it wasn't his land. <laughs> like he and he even got called by God in Haran before he was ever even in the promised land. God met him. And then <clears throat> They were down in Egypt and they weren't in the land and God met them. And they were in the wilderness and God met them. And it, he, doesn't even, he doesn't talk about how they went into the promised land. He's talking about all the, the, the history of, of, their, of the patriarchs, of everyone that they, they that have this relationship with, with God, with Yahweh. None of it was in the promised land. So he's making a point that, that this is not... Um, that it's not about the land, it's not about, that's not what God cares about. And then he starts talking about um, Moses was a prophet. Moses was a prophet that they rejected. The people back in the desert, if you go back and you read Exodus and Leviticus and even Deuteronomy, you can, you can see how the people, Moses was always interceding for the people and stopping God from just like taking them out. And And he was standing up for the people and he met face to face with the Lord, but he, um, so the people, they, they rejected Moses. They rejected that Moses, when he went up on the mountain, and he, they made the calf, and they were worshiping an idol they made with their hands. They rejected Moses as their, uh, um, many times. And they, they said, just like, he, I mean, he, he's showing us that Moses is a type of Jesus. Like the Messiah came, and you rejected him. Like Moses was rejected by his people. And so you know he's making this comparison with Moses, and and um, because clearly they're saying that he's going against what Moses taught, and he's showing them that that it's you don't understand you're missing the point you've rejected the Moses of our day. Um, Also, just the temple, he he there's this idea that he is against the temple, and um, and I think that they had idolized even the temple. And they had made it like um, more than what it was, and he he brings up that point where God was told them to build the tabernacle, which was the tent in the desert. <laughs> And he gave them very detailed instructions on how to build it and which direction to set it up and and, and how you would treat God with sacrifice and how you would go before the Lord in, in the tabernacle. It was really clear instructions how they were to have this fellowship with the Lord in this redemptive work in the tabernacle. That's where the Holy Spirit, you know, in the mercy seat, in, in the Holy of Holies, that's where God was. And God never said, build me a temple. <laughs> David was gonna build a temple, and he said, You you have blood on your hands. You can't you can't build the temple. And so it was David's son Solomon who built the temple. And it was never never commanded by God, is what he's saying, like in this story and of of reprising this. But he makes a point that, you know, that it's not about the temple. For the religious leaders in this council, that it's about the temple, you know, and so he's making it clear that. It's not about the land, it's not about the, the temple, and, and it's not even about the, the law. Um, <clears throat> um, Moses said that he would ri- raise up a prophet, and um, we talk about Old Covenant and Jesus fulfilling the New Covenant, um, and so this, this, he's making a point that, that he accuses them at the very end that they have they are far from 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 they're missing the point they're accusing him but he turns around and accuses accuses them for their idol worship of the temple and for rejecting the messiah and he does it in a way that he's not only reminding them of of where they've come from and their story, and reminding them of Moses and how they rejected him, and reminding that the temple is not what God told them to do. Um, but then he, and let me let me find it here, um, and then he says to them right at the end, "You men are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart." And ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You are doing just as your fathers did. So now, not only is he—he's closing up his sermon, but he's saying you're just like that. That's the language. That that the old, that the prophets used for the people that they were stiff-necked that they were stubborn that they refused to to follow what God had commanded them to follow and refused to turn from their sins because God gave them plenty plenty of opportunities. We read that in the prophets that it's clear that He gave them opportunity after opportunity to turn from their sin and follow Him and they didn't. They were stiff-necked, and so He's now telling the religious leaders in the in the court in the council that that they are just like the people who rejected the prophets, in um, verse fifty-two, which one of the prophets did your father not persecute? Uh, they killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one. Um, so he's not only he says righteous one instead of saying Jesus, he says saying Messiah. He's making it clear that Jesus was the righteous one. Um, Whose betrayers and murderers you have now become? So you know, he's accusing them of murdering God, murdering the Savior, the the Messiah that's coming. Um, I mean, this takes a lot of courage to go before them, knowing. Um, that's why I said, like in the beginning, he he's shown like an angel. You know, like he clearly has the Holy Spirit on him doing this. Um, you who received the law as ordained by angels, and yet you did not keep it, and that's and that's the end of his sermon. That's when it's cut quick to them, like. And I believe in that moment they had an opportunity. I think in God's loving kindness they still had an opportunity. I think the, the Holy Spirit was on him to not only show them their the what they were doing was wrong in their. Um, and their glorification of the temple and their and their glorification of the law of Moses and and what they were trying to push I mean he showed them clearly in scripture not just to bring shame upon them but I believe that God has loving kindness even in judgment even in his wrath God has loving kindness where he's giving us opportunities to repent and turn from our sins and, and so we have an opportunity. We all do, no matter how how far along we are. I believe we have an opportunity. And, and they chose they chose to charge Stephen and, and murder him. And I just I, I can't believe when I read this again. I mean, I've read this before, and I always remember that that Stephen was standing at the right hand. Uh, or Jesus was standing at the right hand of the father and i i 've heard sermons preached about about how he wasn 't sitting everywhere else Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, but here he 's standing almost like he 's applauding his 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 son for doing a good job you know and um but that 's not really what stood out to me this time as I read it because that 's always been in my brain when I think of stephen and in Acts. What stood out to me was how he said father don't don't hold this against them they don't know what they're doing. I mean that's what Jesus said on the cross to to the Father in heaven, right? He said, "Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Clearly, Stephen, it has this same heart as he's being stoned and killed he's still he's asking the Father not to hold their crimes against him. He cares so much for even his not not his accusers but his murderers and those who are persecuting him and um and as I read that. That's what stood out to me. That's what um, I've just been thinking about and meditating on that. That's my observation today for you is that, you know, we can be persecuted. We can be accused. We can be drug into court. We can, we can, this can happen to us. um, And how are we going to respond? How are we going to respond? And then also just... The, the the leaders, when you get accused of something and you're shown and God shows you that you're wrong, how are we going to respond? So we have two different responses. We have Stephen who's responding in the middle of being killed and murdered by saying, God, forgive them. They, know, they don't know what they're doing. Don't hold it against them. And he has a heart to love those who are even persecuting him. And then we have those who are being accused and their responses to charge him and to to uh quickly murder him before the romans find out so we can we can have our vengeance and and um and so today that's 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 what i want to encourage you with i want to encourage you with to to uh no matter what happens what, it, what if we get accused or if we're being persecuted like just to really think about how can we respond god how can I respond correctly? How can I have your heart no matter if I'm getting persecuted or accused or or whatever it is God? how am I going to respond lord that you you would you would put it on my heart to have that same heart that that stephan had Lord, that you would come upon me. I want to shine like an angel i want to be I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to move in power. I want to be able to move in this love, this radical love, this amazing love that that even in the middle of being mistreated and stoned, he's, he's having thoughts for them, their eternity still. He, he doesn't want it to be held against them. He wants them to be able to repent and turn and follow, follow God and be saved. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's to be honest, a struggle. Like I get upset and offended so easy over something small. And I, and I believe that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon us to walk that way. I don't think we can walk that way in our own flesh. I think we we need Jesus to come upon us. And I think that's something that we can pray for today as we go forward in our day, um, that we would just pray the Holy Spirit, you would guide me and lead me and you would come upon me that I could be the, the hands and feet of Jesus today, that I could love well today no matter what happens whether I get accused or persecuted or anything, Lord, that I would, be, I would be your mouthpiece. I would be your hands. I would be your feet. I would go where you say go. I would do what you say to do. I would say what you say to say. You put your words in my, in my head and in my heart, God, that I could love people well, regardless of everything that's going on, and, and just trust the Lord in that, and that's, that's, that's all I have for you today. It's a short. It's a short message today. Um, we could go into more cultural things about the sermon and about the Old Testament and about the the land and the law and the temple and, and everything that that Stephen um, said and how it resonated with that Jewish culture. But I was I was studying all of that. But as I read the end of the sermon and saw the two different responses, that's that's just what God told me. No, I want you to talk about how we should respond, how we should respond. And so um, I'm just going to pray for us. It's a short sermon today. It's a short word. Um, Hopefully you're encouraged, but um, let's, let's just pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, God. I thank you that it instructs us that it leads us and guides us where we need to go, Lord. I'm thankful that you, that you do come upon us when we ask for you to come and give us strength. You come upon us when we ask. All we have to do is ask, God. So Lord, I ask even right now for myself and anyone who's listening, Lord, if that's our, if that's our, that's our prayer, God, that you would come upon us and that we would be strengthened and fortified in your might, God, that we would walk in a way that is, that is supernatural. We would walk in a way that's unlike the world, God. And, Lord, we would, we, it would be so apparent that we're walking in your power, God, that people would see us differently, just like they saw Stephan, who was glowing, God. Just put a glow about your people today, God. Put a glow about me today and about us as we walk around, Lord, that people would see Jesus in, our, in us, God. And, and Lord, I pray that we you would give us your heart to love, God. We don't want to give away love that's from from ourselves, God. We want to be able to give away your love. And we know we, know we need it, and we know we can only get it from you. So, God, we ask that, that you would just give us your love today and that we would love well regardless of, of circumstance, regardless of, of, of the struggles that we go through, God. And, Lord, I just thank you for your word once more and, and for my family that, that's here with me now, and we just pray this all in your name, Jesus. Amen.